This is the show for digital creators by digital creators. Hosted by me, Dylan Schmidt, a Los Angeles-based content creator who loves to blend marketing, creativity, and business. Join in as we explore online entrepreneurship, creator best practices, and more. Each week, I'll bring you interviews with successful creators, tips and tricks for growing your online presence, and simple insights into the latest trends and strategies I'm seeing and using in the space. Welcome to Digital Podcaster. In this episode of Digital Podcaster, I am going to go over three time-saving tips and hacks for you as a content creator. So I just put together this resource called the Creator Starter Kit. It's available right now if you go to learn.dylanschmidt.com. I'll make sure to link to it in the episode description. Basically, there's a few resources in there. Um, There's like a content planning template. There's a quick start guide if you're absolutely brand new to creating content. And there are some prompts and content generating ideas in there uh, that should be pretty useful. Also, there's this section called three time saving tips and hacks. And it was so good when I was thinking about what to do for this week's episode. I'm like, you know what? I just need to make an episode going over this because it is so valuable. And I think we all need a reminder of these fundamental topics on content creation and these time saving tips and hacks here. Uh, normally I'm not like a fan of hacks, but like this is genuinely like a hack at like <laughs> creating content. Um, starting out though, and this is again from the Creator Starter Kit free resource um, that I'm pulling from in this episode. Uh, and again, you can get it at learn.dillenschmidt.com. There's a quote I put in there from Cal Newport, who wrote the book Deep Work, which changed my life and productivity. He Uh, said clarity about what matters provides clarity about what does not. So as I move through these tips and tricks here, tips and hacks, I got to remember that uh, these are things to really emphasize what matters with what you're making and let go of the rest as creators, as myself, I want to do everything, but I can't. And sometimes it's hard for me to prioritize what I need to do. And these things that I'm going to cover here, give you clarity around what to prioritize so that you have clarity around what matters most. So number one is batching content. Batching your content is when you make content in batches to use over a long time period. So for example, instead of creating a new video, every time you want to post something, you work on several videos at once, several weeks in advance, and then you release those videos over time. And it really is like a productivity and planning technique that's going to help you improve the whole creation process. And a few of the benefits of batching your content, number one, it saves time and energy because instead of wearing yourself out and feeling like you're always on, you just focus that and do it in a blocked session. Number two, you can take more time off because you're always going to have content ready to go. Number three, you create a cohesive structure for publishing. This is one of the things I see with new content clips clients because we... Uh, especially when you're like delegating something, if you're used to doing something by yourself, then when you outsource something, it's like, oh, I have to have my stuff together. And this is kind of what batching requires you to do because you requires having a structure in place to be able to even block your time, create content and drip it out versus like, I post when I feel like it kind of thing. And then fourth is it boosts your productivity and reduces procrastination because you're focused and you're setting yourself up It's kind of like meal prepping in a way, I guess. That's the best way I could think of it. It just hit me. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before. So if you like the idea of 
content batching and you've never really done it or you never felt like you've done it successfully, the next best place is also the next tip I got for you here. So the next tip is creating content pillars. So content pillars, if you're new to this, is three to five core topics that form the basis of your content creation strategy, what you talk about. So these are the themes that you'll consistently explore and present in your content. Now, let's talk about why content pillars are important, and I'm going to give you some examples as well. So content pillars are really important because they help you focus instead of feeling like, you know, I don't know what to talk about, or maybe I'm talking about the same thing all the time. It's getting boring for me. It's probably getting boring for my audience. And that's why it's also helpful or content pillars are also helpful for relevance because it helps you remain valuable to your audience, like your content remain valuable to your audience. And it helps drive in the expertise and identity that you're establishing uh, because you're varying up your content. You're keeping attention as you go. And I always struggle with this word. I got to stop saying I struggle with this word because it's perpetuating the struggling with the word, but differentiation, I think I nailed it. Uh, It helps you distinguish your brand in a crowded social media space or podcast space because you're essentially acting as like a lighthouse. Even though you have three to five topics, those three to five topics all gel together and people start familiarizing themselves with you and your brand and it will help you stand out versus, and I come across this all the time, people who make social media content and you can't totally understand what it is they do, how they help me. I see that from everywhere, from the Instagram profile in the bio section to the content. And for me, I struggled with it for years and it kept me holding, like literally held me back from posting because I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. I could talk about anything. I, I went through a, a couple of years of like selling a bunch of my stuff on eBay. And then other times I'd be like really into fitness. And then other times I'd really be into reading. And then other times I'd really be into baseball. I'd have these like hyper fixations around certain topics And that didn't do good for (laughs) me posting, but also it wasn't until I started Digital Podcaster and I was like, oh, I found this like one main thing that I could keep talking about and I wouldn't get like tired of. And that changed the game. While that is like one overarching focus within podcasting, there are different content pillars and content creation is one of them. Like social media is is one of them. But I'm going to like break down a real simple um, and you can read the guide again to have like a uh, text based version of this that has like a checklist that you can actually follow. So this is how you create your content pillars. And it's just a couple steps. So step one is topic identification. And that is where you want to find things that that check off these three things. These th- yeah, these three items on the list. So number one is passion. So you want to choose your content pillars that align with your passions. Two is expertise. So you got to have some knowledge around it or a desire to engage in it. You don't have to be like an expert expert because there's always going to be someone like above you. And expertise sometimes can be, I say, triggering because it's like, you know, I got to be this person. I got to be that person. Expertise just means, you know, like probably a little bit more than average, which for most people, it's like, I'm like terrible with celebrities, for example, or pop culture stuff. And there's a lot of people out there that are like experts. They might not perceive themselves to be experts, but it's like, you know, more than, than a lot of people. Right. So expertise, 
you have knowledge around the area. And then the third one is feasibility. So is it realistic and manageable for you to regularly create content around it? Is it feasible? For myself, those examples I just gave a minute ago, where we were talking about like me doing eBay stuff, that's not feasible for me to talk about eBay long-term. I don't have a desire. I like selling stuff that I already have, but I'm not like a flipper. I don't buy stuff to sell it. That's, I, I don't, I might've done that. One. I don't even know if I've done that really. It's just not my style. I just like selling. I'm like a, uh, I've turned a little bit minimalist, you know, over the years. And so I have sold hundreds and hundreds of items and that's still not feasible, but minimalism is kind of, but it's still not even really feasible for me to keep talking about because I don't have that much passion for it. Right. The same with like fitness. Like I might be really into it for myself, but sharing that passion, I would say it's pretty low and that's not with across the board. Right. So the step two of your content pillars is assessing the topics you choose against these goals, right? Once you've kind of align them with your passion, expertise, and feasibility. You assess them amongst these four kind of criterias. Number one is educational values. So can you provide informative content around this topic? Number two is entertainment aspect. Are the topics engaging and fun? And that doesn't mean like you have to, you know, dress up in a character or costume and like put on a show, but engaging and fun is like, uh, related to the topic, right? For example, for a while I was listening to a baseball statistics podcast, uh, effectively wild is the name of it. And they would have topics on there that were like really deep baseball stats. And that was fun to me, like more of a brain fun. But if you weren't into baseball stats, that's not going to be fun. That's going to be boring. So fun is relative to the topic that you're talking about. And it doesn't look the same across the board. Fun isn't like a one size oh, we could, you know, make it a party. I mean, it is kind of a party if the topic's right. And then the third thing is, will your content motivate and uplift? Can you make it more aspirational? And the fourth thing is, can your audience connect with the topics that you're providing? Is there any relatability? If it's so specific that it's like only to you and it's like a diary and, you know, there's no relatability factor there, don't expect it to take off, you know, basically. And you can do research around that. And I've covered that in previous episodes about how you can, you know, use Google trends and things like that. So let's do some examples uh, for content pillars, what it would be like. So let's say you were a branding expert and your content pillars you identified was brand strategy development, visual identity and design, storytelling and messaging, and then doing like case studies or analyzing brands, how that would look like to apply in your content creation for a brand strategy development. You could, you know, do guides on developing a brand strategy. You could inspire people by showing them how a brand strategy transforms a business and you can relate it to your audience through addressing common challenges that they, they have and the questions that pop up. I won't go through, you know, every example here because there's quite a few, but we'll do another example for like a meditation teacher. So content pillars for a meditation teacher could be meditation techniques, mindfulness practices, scientific insights, and the personal journey of the meditation teacher. I like the scientific insights pillar because 
you're able to educate on the latest research around meditation for your audience and how it impacts health. You can inspire others um, talking about evidence-based benefits. And then you can relate it to your audience by simplifying complex scientific concepts into insights that they can understand. I think that's pretty cool. And so the third time-saving tip and hack here, which I know this is a lot, but I hope you find it as cool as I do. (laughs) Uh, Third time-saving tip is content automation. So content automation is a vast sea, and it's only getting more vast with AI and all these tools that are popping up every single day. Content automation, to put it simply, is like having a personal assistant for your online content. And you should use content automation basically to save time. Any repetitive tasks that you're doing, you can use automation somewhere in there. It helps you keep things regular, kind of like we talked about uh, at the beginning with batching. You can make fewer mistakes because if you're juggling a lot of tasks, you want to automate certain things just to reduce your cognitive workload and your your overall workload. And it shows you what's working. So just like delegating, when I spoke about with batching, when you automate your content, it forces you to look at your systems and processes and you start dissecting things when you have to like see them in a different way and you go, oh, we don't need to be doing this. Oh, we can change this or make this better. But also for like a lot of these automation tools, you can automatically track what you're doing and you can hit your goals easier and you can make better content because you can see what's working. So how to get started with content automation? Just a couple, actually three steps is number one, spot the routine stuff. Start just by like writing down what you're doing at a high, high level. Like I'm posting to here. This goes up here. This is how I'm doing stuff. These are the days that I'm doing stuff. And then start thinking about like tracking success. Like what does success look like? And then step two is finding the right helpers. So for social media, that might be using a tool like Metricool, which I've been a fan of and using lately. For emails, you might be using ConvertKit to send automated emails um, in addition to like your newsletter. For example, I have my newsletter that I send out every Tuesday and Friday but I could also use ConvertKit, which I do, to send automated emails for when people sign up for a free training or the starter kit. Uh, And then step three is get everything working together. So, you know, it's one thing to sign up for, but you have to learn these tools. So while there is an upfront cost associated with time and sometimes money with some of these tools, although some of them are free or really cheap if you're at the entry level tier, you know, there is a time associated with just getting it set up, but it's not as big as you think. Like this is something I've been explaining for years to clients and behind the scenes is these tools, like these automation tools, their whole goal is that you use them. Just like platforms on social media want us to stay on the platform. These tools want you to use them because that's they're in the business for the tool that they created, right? So they have always have trainings on using these tools, their support, you know, these companies prioritize good support. And it's because they want you to use it. There's, you know, I think a few years, this was probably dating myself, but, you know, 10 years ago, it felt like harder to like use certain tools and training uh, for companies to train like their clients on didn't seem as important. But these days it's like they need you to know how to use it. It's not as much of a big investment upfront these days with time. And you can use things like, hey, Google or 
your trusty ChatGPT <laughs> to get up and running with a lot of these things faster than you ever have, you know, before. I urge you to look into automating certain areas of your content. All right. That's all I got for you this week. Uh, again, check the show notes for a link to the starter kit, which has this three time-saving tips and hacks document inside of it. Uh, just real quick, I'll tell you what else is in there because I kind of mentioned it, but I'll, I'll just briefly talk about it. So it's got a quick start guide, which is all about, and let me click in here. It's uh, basically a five-part section quick start guide, which does not sound quick at all, but it is <laughs> uh, because I needed to like section it together. So it's like all about getting started with creating content and then basic steps to creating content and then time management for beginners and then overcoming obstacles in your journey and the next steps. And I tried to make it like light, skimmable. It's not just like a bunch of text. It's like um, certain bullet points, activities, tools, like very like skimmable, like I said, but very, uh, I presented it in the least overwhelming way possible uh, <laughs> that I could manage at this point in time. And then there's also a content idea generator in the starter kit, which is lists and ChatGPT prompts to help generate content ideas quickly for any niche or topic. And that in it has like 30 categories of uh, inspiration for posts. And then there's also five ChatGPT prompts in there that are really cool. They use different frameworks to create content, like the Hero's Journey framework, if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell. There's a really cool prompt in there about that. If you're not familiar with Joseph Campbell, he's the one that basically identified like the core elements to stories. And you can identify any story in any movie using the hero's journey. Really cool. Bit of a rabbit hole if you're not familiar with it, um, but a really worthy rabbit hole. Uh, anyways, there's a content creation prompt in there using the hero's journey framework. Uh, also scannable content framework, rule of one, all these different ones. So that's super cool. I'm really proud of the content idea generator. There's a simple content plan template, which I called it simple because it, it really is simple, but like it's a whole, like people don't just give this stuff away for free as far as I can tell um, or that I've seen. That's really cool. Basically, you can plan your content in advance for every platform and document your ideas. And then what we covered in this episode, the time-saving tips and hacks, and then one of my most asked questions, which is basic equipment recommendations. I put all my recommendations for microphones, cameras, and lighting, and a lot more in there as well. I hope you find that useful. If you do, let me know. And that's it. That's all I got for you today. I will catch you in the next episode.